Good evening and welcome to Joy 99.7 FM and to tonight's edition of Springboard Your Virtual University, the first for the year 2020. And if I must add, for the decade. Happy New Year and thank you for starting the year on your favorite leadership and personal development show. This is the platform where your personal value rises or is enriched on a weekly basis. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your superstation Joy 99.7 FM. The broadcast is made possible by the kind courtesy of MTN, Ghana's number one network, and our print media partner, The Graphic Business. Thank you for joining us on Joy FM and on Facebook streaming live on Albert Okran, Comfort Okran A, and Joy 99.7 FM. My name is Albert Okran, and I'm here with a virtual academic board comprising Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, Amos, Emmanuel, and David. If you want to share your thoughts with us on this show, especially about what you expect to learn on this broadcast, you can share them by WhatsApp with us, the number to share it on 0244340437. Just let us know what you expect to learn as we unveil our focus for this year on Springboard, your virtual university, and on all our platforms. But in our data skin segment a bit later, Amos will share a shocking statistic that less than one out of ten people achieve their New Year resolutions. What must we do to get those things done, the things that we say matter to us in January? Somebody said by the 5th of January, which is today, <laughs> some people have lost theirs already, forgotten them, or just lost them somehow, some way. But how do we ensure that the thoughts we start the year with are relevant all year through, and even beyond, that we go on to execute them? That will be the point Amos will bring in our data skin segment. In our game changer, Jojo talks about starting right and the power of persistence. Something you thought you had given up on last year could be the game changer for you in the year 2020. Don't miss the game changer segment. But let's start with our quote for the day. Something very interesting for you that is tied to our theme for the year. So, Comfort, what do you have for us for today? Well, today's um, quote does focus on um, our year in view. And it's from Vance, Mike Vance, who says that planning is bringing the future into the present. It's almost like importation. I know, right? <laughs> bringing the future into the present. What's, what's the big point from Mike? Well, um, in essence, he's, he's looking at how we can bring, ensure that we clearly map up the key to a great future. In their book, Breakouts of the Box, by Vance and co-author Mike Deacon, they established that the key to a great future is to clearly map out the desired future, determine what the building blocks are to that future, and start work today. Excellent. So first map out the future, and then look for the building blocks to that future, and then start work today. Is the starting work that tends to be the most difficult part. And Amos, yeah, would, right. Amos would, will, will highlight that point about execution and why we sometimes fall so short in, in, in that regard. But today we'll be breaking down our focus for the year 2020 and why you must make your Sunday evenings, why you must lock down the dial every Sunday evening. We've worked very hard to prepare a curriculum that will be exciting, insightful, inspirational, beneficial to you in the year 2020. And so it's been a great 2019, but fasten your seatbelt because 2020 will be another unbelievable ride. First of all, we start with the year declared as the year of excellence by Pastor Mens Otterbell. In fact, he declared it the decade of African excellence. And it's very profound because you look at so much that is happening in our continent and even the whole idea of the year of return and how attempts are being made to replicate it in other countries. There is something that is happening that the conversation around Africa is getting more beautiful and there is something we can do to take this whole discussion to the next level. So here at Springboard, we are challenging ourselves to prepare for the future. Listen, everything you experience today is the, the fruit of the seeds that you, you sowed yesterday. And what you are doing today is also sowing the seeds or laying the foundation for tomorrow. So the focus for Springboard for the year 2020 is preparing for the future. I almost said, can you say it after me? But that's for a live audience. But I'm sure you can say it at home as well. Preparing for the future is our focus for the year 2020. Now, preparation simply means, means making ready before. 
or making someone ready, able to do or able to deal with something. So when we say we are preparing, we are making ourselves ready or able to deal with something. I love the part, the, 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 the part or the subset of the definition that says not leaving anything to time or chance, which means that if you don't prepare, you are leaving the future to time or to chance. Not random, focused planning and purpose-driven. I'm going to bring you three scriptures, one read by Comfort, one by Jojo, and then I'll read a third one. And that will just contextualize why the theme for the year is relevant, preparing for the future. Comfort, give us our first scripture. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. The future and a hope. Judah, give us our second scripture. A second scripture comes from Jeremiah 31 verse 17. Mm-hmm. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. Absolutely beautiful. So we are talking about a future and a hope. And then a hope in the future. Mm-hmm. The third scripture. So we've done Jeremiah 29 11, Jeremiah 31 7. Let me give you Philippians 3 13 and 14. It says... It's just affirming the fact that your your future is a significant improvement on your present. So Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended or achieved, but this one thing, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The beautiful thing, my friends, about this, these scriptures is the assurance that tomorrow is better than today. That the future is an improvement on the current. In fact, it's an upgrade. Tomorrow is an upgrade on today's version. So look at your today's version. Your finances, your career, your relationships, your health, everything. Tomorrow is the version 3.0 or 4.1 an upgrade on today's version and that's what Springboard seeks to do, to bring you unlimited possibilities as we prepare for the future. Now we've chosen four thematic areas under preparing for the future so most of our discussions this this year will fall under these four areas. You can give me the four areas that we've listed just for the benefit of, um, of our listeners. So this year we'll be focusing on career or professional. That's, that's the first level, career or professional development, okay. Finance or investment. Right. Assets or property. And then health. Right. So these are the four pillars that will feature in our various discussions, our debates, our other presentations here on the virtual university. For those who are writing them down, one is career or professional development. Second one is finance or investment. Third one is assets or property. And the fourth one is health. Somebody says, why is health important? We'll be showing you why health is such a big money issue, such a big financial issue. There's a positive correlation between between good health and, and financial prospects. And this discussion will just not be on the Springboard or Virtual University, but all other Springboard group platforms. Can you give us a couple of other platforms that we'll be featuring on with these interventions? Well, we're looking at the, um, have we talked about the roadshow already? So Springboard Roadshow. Yeah, right. okay. So we'd have the Springboard Roadshow, we'd have Festival of Ideas, which is our, um, our business conference. We'll look at it also in the um, Teenpreneurship Conference, which is for teenagers between the ages of 12 and 18. We'll look at, uh, we're having two new co- um, um, products or, or interventions that we coming out, which is the Corporate Hangouts which is for young executives who are now climbing the corporate ladder. That we'll call that the corporate hangouts. And then group seminars, which will be for a specific group of people. And we'll look at these four thematic areas or pillars, as I choose to call it. Right. So these are the, the various interventions of the group. And on all these interventions, the discussion will be about preparing for the future. We're going to be very deliberate about showing how each one, each one of us, by deliberate planning 
can ensure that the future is significantly better than the present. All right, so we'll shortly be joined on the phone by top HR executive Dr. Hazel Amwa to help us scope these themes and explain why they are so important, but even more importantly, why preparation is key, how preparation can guarantee the kind of future that we all are looking for. But we want to start by breaking down some of the highlights of the four pillars. Um, let, let me start with finance and go to what Warren Buffett said. He said, after predicting to a childhood friend that he'll be a millionaire by the age of 35, Buffett buys his first stock at the age of 11, comfort, at the age of 11. <laughs> And after buying his first stock or shares at the age of 11, many years later, he's being interviewed by CNBC. He says he doesn't know why he wasted so much time before starting to invest. <laughs> now, I mean, if you are 35 and you're listening to me and you have no solid financial investment or you have not yet started financially preparing for your future, this is someone who started at age 11 and is mm. bitterly complaining that he started too late. Yep. I don't know what age he would have wanted to start, but he also highlights the importance of patience because he buys three he buys three shares of City Service at $38.25. And then they fall to $27. And after that, they rebound to $40. And he's very happy that the shares were bought at $38.25. And after falling to 27, they rose to 40. So he quickly sells and makes a small profit of $1.75 on each share. And he's very happy. Only for the shares to rise to $200 per share afterwards. Oh dear. Of course, then he learns a big lesson about patience. So in our, our finance segment, we will talk about how to patiently prepare for the future and ensure that five years from now, 10 years from now, you would achieve your financial goals comfortably. We will bring experts from various areas of endeavor as far as finance and investment are concerned to help us know what to do, what not to do, and how to how to ensure that at every level we are comfortable. Let's go to career and and comfort. Many times when you talk about career, many people look at the beginnings, but let's start from the end. Mm -hmm. Tell us why career planning um, is important. Well... In, in in planning your career, it means that you take a holistic look at your life. Right. You look at where you want to end. Um, today, I, I, I was reminded of um, 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 Ishmael Yamsen, who was um, MD of Unilever, chairperson of, of Unilever. And when he first came to the job to the job as Unilever, he actually said, in 20 years' time, he wants to be the MD of Unilever. Right. Now, he, this is somebody who looked at the end even before he began. Right. And surpri not surprisingly, 20 years, almost to the date, he became the, 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 the CEO of Unilever. Right. Now, that was planning. But also, at the end of our lives, where you would realize that you could say, oh, I'm going to pension. You realize that it's been found that about 84% of the Ghanaians in the informal sector do not have any planning for for their pension right. and so they go on retirement and suddenly they don't have where to live they don't their health they don't have enough to take care of their health post retirement they don't have in anything anything laid up for the life beyond retirement so that be becomes a, a becomes a burden and all of a sudden somebody who was so productive somebody who was so so um, I I informative suddenly becomes false to the side and you, you look at the person and you realize that, oh, this was a person who was riding in, in maybe big cars or maybe was quite comfortable and all of a sudden he can't take care of his health and that kind of stuff. 84% is, yeah. is the magic number. Yeah. 84% of workers in Ghana's informal sector have no form of pension and that's from the National Pensions Regulatory Authority. We're going to be breaking down a lot of these statistics so that it's not just a discussion. It is statistically grounded that we know why this discussion is important. We're going to talk about the various stages of our careers and why at every stage the requirements and the preparation are different. So throughout this year on all the platforms we'll be breaking down career, the beginning stages, the middle stages, the end stage 
and what is required at every level. But for those who are talking about health and mm-hmm. asking themselves why, why include health when we are looking for cash, I have some very interesting news for you. And just to corroborate the point that Comfort made earlier on, if you walk or exercise for 30 minutes five days a week, according to the Journal of American Heart Association, and, and, and they, have the, they have the data, they say you save about $2,500 a year. In CD terms, so like Bank of Ghana doesn't say I'm using dollars. In CD terms, you're talking about saving about $14,000 a year. 14,000 Ghana CD, sorry. A year, just by committing to exercising regularly 30 minutes, five days within a week. Again, we'll be bringing professionals to help us appreciate the various dimensions of how our choices our health choices can impact our finances and also can ensure that we continue living our dreams. Somebody said, we spend all our youthful years thinking about how we make money, we will, we will eat all that we want and we'll do all that we want. And then finally, when we make the money, the doctor tells us what not to eat and the little that we are allowed to eat and we have the money, but we cannot chop it. It's powerful. We'll be looking at some of the most common diseases and lifestyle-related diseases that that affect us as Ghanaians and how, what choices we are required to make to minimize the effect of these diseases. But importantly, inactivity costs the world economy almost $68 billion annually in medical expenses and lost productivity. And that is why this discussion is important. I'm going to come shortly to shortly to the issue of property and why the discussions on this platform can help you to begin climbing up the property ladder. I met somebody who had done some very interesting, a very interesting documentary, not at Airport West, not at Trasaku. He did it at Agobulushi. And the results and the findings from that documentary show that if you can tweak our outlook a bit, on property preparation and a solid formal rental program. Every, most people in this country can rent a house, live comfortably and get on the streets. It's a big discussion we'll be having this year on your virtual university. But let me bring on Amos now for our data is skin segment. And we'll be looking at why the beginning of the year is a mixed bag a great blessing and also potentially a very dangerous time of year for people because people start with great expectations, but the reality is that sometimes those expectations are dashed because something gets missing along the line. Amos, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Rev. What do we have on, on, on starting the year right? So tonight, our data is king. So the data is king segment is premised on the fact that statistical data organized and presented in the right context improves understanding, reduces uncertainty, and facilitates accurate prediction of outcomes. So tonight, our statistic of the day is on goal setting and success. Studies have shown that 25% of people will abandon their New Year's resolution by the end of January. Only 8% of people will accomplish their New Year resolution by the end of 2020. Hmm. Successful people don't make resolutions. Instead, they set smart goals and execute relentlessly. In addition to certain SMART goals, an article by Marcel Schwantes, who is an executive coach, outlines six things successful people do differently. Number one, they begin with the end in mind. Two, they build a support system so they don't do it alone. They have people around them supporting them to deliver. 
Number three, they recognize when they are procrastinating and make sure they go back to relentless execution. Mm. Number four, they practice the the 52 and 17 rule, which says that on a daily basis when you are working, you work 52 minutes um, intensely and then you rest 17 minutes and you come back to work 52 minutes intensely. So that's a rule they practice. And then well, let me let me let me let me let me interrogate that point a bit. I, I know you have a, 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 another point, on, but take us on this 52:17 point one more time. Is it is it a result of research finding that that is the way people behave, or is the the prescribed optimum, optimum way of, of working? So the, this is called interval training in athletics. That for high performance, they they, they exercise intensely for 52 minutes and then they rest for 17 minutes. And this is what he is also bringing to the workplace. Okay. And then number five, he says, listen to music for focus. So his suggestion is that practice different types of music that helps you to focus. And once you have identified the one that helps you, you stick with it. And number six, he says, don't multitask. Focus on one task at a time. So you may have a very huge task to deliver, but break them into bit size and then focus on them, you know, piece by piece to deliver. And then, of course, we say, listen to Springboard Without Fail. On a weekly basis, <laughs> you live longer. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> so, in our concluding thought, we bring you a quote from Coach John Wooden, who says, "Success is peace of mind, which is direct satisfaction in knowing that you did your best to become the best you are capable of becoming." And our question is, what accountability mechanism have you put in place to ensure you become the best you in 2020? Brilliant, as always, Amos. Uh, let me let me let me tell you that the the point about 52:17 is is one one big take from from your presentation. And just corroborates a point made earlier, I think last year by my friend Ace, who says that. People ask him why he's always on Facebook. And he says, no, he's, never, he's not always on Facebook at all. He works for probably 55 minutes in an hour or 50 minutes in an hour. And then 10 minutes, he just cools off a little and then starts for the next 50 minutes. So this is about the interval training you mentioned. Yes. And I find that it, increasingly I come across people implementing this thought on a deliberate, consistent basis. So, if you listen to us uh, as this evening, this is one thing you can you can begin to practice. Fifty two seventeen. But Charlie, during the seventeen, if you are found idling and your boss strikes, don't say spring <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. So, Kafa, uh, which which one did you like of, well, of, of the six? Of the six, I, I apart from the springboard one. Um, no, springboard is a cup. It's, it's a, it's a cup all of them. Apart from the springboard one, I, I like the um, the part about not multitasking. Right. Because. Um, a part of uh, one one thing I found out is that um, multitasking actually splits your attention. So by the time you decide that you are moving from one task to the other, you are actually not multitasking because you are not maximizing the opportunity that you can get for, per task. But actually, you are switching tasks, and therefore the the learning curve per everyone you are, you are just simply wasting time. So it's rather rather good to finish one thing put it aside or finish part of one thing, put it aside, then you go to the next thing instead of just doing a bit of everything. You know how they say a rolling stone gathers no moss? Right. So that's yeah. your... Th- th- there, are, there are different schools of thought about multitasking. I belong to the other Task extreme. Task switching. There's no multitasking. Right. It's, it's so, let's, let's, let's have your, your perspective. Which one do you um, like the most? Um, I tend to multitask a lot. Yeah. But... Um, what, well, what I find is that sometimes you're working on a task and then you need a break from that task. Like, you've reached a wall, so you're not as efficient with that particular task. Having something else that's ready to switch to 
helps you to keep at your productive streak without necessarily doing subpar work on one task. Yeah, so is that task switching and not multitasking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. It is 28 minutes past the hour of 8 o'clock. This is Springboard of Virtual University. Today we are just breaking down the curriculum. So it's a, a good time to get a sense of why we do what we do. Somebody says, why the data is king segment? Let me give you an idea. So what we do with the data is king segment is to take our time to bring relevant data, relevant statistics to help you make decisions, either in your business, your personal life, your relationship, whatever. And so that's what Amos does every single time. I'm going to go for a brief musical break. When I come back, I'm going to put Dr. Harry Hazel Barrett. I'm on the line just to help us to understand why these four thematic areas are very, very important. But this song I dedicated to all of you. It's a, it's a song by Joyful Way that says Dromo. I love this song because it just reminds us that we've come this far by grace. When I come back, this, this, this show will begin to um, explore why these four themes are key for the year and why you must be on the platform every single week all year through. Don't go away. Brand new year, brand new decade, and the voice of TV Olamte reminding us that we've come this far by grace. Enjoy it.
Dedicating this song to my brother Seth Yevua Okran of York Sea of York. You're listening tonight and you're enjoying the song Dromo. We've come this far by the grace of God. Good evening to you, Seth Ni Ayikwe. I know you love the gun songs, the gospel gun songs. Enjoy this one. It's 26 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university, starting the year 2020 with thoughts about preparing for the future. It's been declared a decade of African excellence, and everything we do must be of the highest quality. No retreat, no excuse, no surrender. I have my my sister, a very dear friend of Springboard, Dr. Hazel Berard Amwa, multiple award winner HR practitioner. Hazel, good evening and happy new year to you. How are you? Very well, Hazel. And and, and, and how are you doing? Very well, thank you too. By the grace of God, I'm very well, thanks. Excellent. So, Hazel, we are looking at four thematic areas for the year. Um, I know that we will definitely settle on career, which is your, 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 your area of greatest interest. But as we talk about preparing for the future, we are considering four thematic areas, career or professional development, finance, assets or property um, acquisition, and then health. Why are these four areas important from your perspective as a practitioner? Well, thanks for the time to speak on air this evening. And um, I'd say that the four of them are actually interlinked in one way or the other. First of all, without a good health, you can't even have a career. So whether you choose to have a business career as an entrepreneur or to work for somebody else as an employee, without good health, you cannot have a good career. Secondly, your career will give you the finances to be able to manage your life, for you to be able to acquire property or other assets. So in one way or the other, all these four different areas that you've mentioned are linked and are very relevant in anybody's um, life. Give us an idea about, not necessarily with numbers, but in general terms, about the cost to organizational productivity of having staff who are not in good health or who, by virtue of choices that they have made, are dealing with lifestyle-related um, diseases? I like the emphasis on lifestyle-related diseases. So let's take the most common one that we don't talk about very openly, and that's drug abuse. Um, drug abuse is one area that really, really costs a lot of organizations. So you have somebody on the job who is not necessarily deliberate about taking drugs, but out of, say, for example, depression, they get hooked on a certain prescription, which has not been given by a doctor, but they can buy off the counter in a country like Ghana. They get hooked, eventually productivity goes down. And first thing is we're paying for medical bills. And there is no limit to somebody's health when it comes to paying medical bills in responsible companies. Second point is absenteeism. You calculate absenteeism based on the products or the services that are delivered per hour of that individual. If you calculate all these roughly in a year, you can spend a minimum of 100 to 200,000 fees on somebody's health or the cost of absenteeism. Assuming they're off work for about three months and they're earning, say, 80,000 Ghana CDs or 90,000 Ghana CDs, that's already about 30,000 Ghana CDs in cost of absenteeism. And then you have to pay somebody else to do their job. So that's another cost of about 30000 again. You know, so it becomes more complicated and more complex. As you look at the various parameters take off, one, you replace the person on the job while still trying to get them back on track because they just terminate appointments due to ill health. There's a procedure, there's legal framework as to how many months they can be off before you finally, you know, taper down the exit of that person. They're not recovering. Secondly, depending on the company policy, you may want to put them through um, a real health, you know, rebound for them to come back and then work fully. So if you talk about drugs, that's probably that's one approach. But other health implications of, for example, just any um, health hazard like um, a contagious disease that has been acquired by the person or for lack of taking care of themselves, they are going through other health challenges. 
the medical bill of that is also a similar amount. And in all of this, the cost of replacing them in the time that they are healing is another cost that we have to consider. So about 100000 is the minimum we consider for such health cases. Let's let's settle on your your area of greatest interest, which is career or professional development. I mean, help us to appreciate the various stages of a person's career, because our listeners, um, uh, the scope of our listeners runs through different demographic brackets. So there, there's probably somebody who just finished school who's excited exactly. about learning how to lay the foundation, but there's somebody who's preparing for retirement also. So help exactly. us appreciate the various stages of one's career and also the kind of preparation or the kind of requirements that that stage brings on the individual. So, um, if we take the person who just finished school, for example, to the age of retirement, give us, if we're talking between 35 to 40 years, in terms of the number of years that you have to build a career. Now, unfortunately, most of the time when people finish national service or they come out of vocational training school, they end up jumping into jobs because of unemployment. So, there are a lot of people in this country and even globally who are doing jobs, not pursuing careers. The difference between having a job and a career are very vast. A job can be your career, but not every job can lead to your career. So we have to be very purposeful and intentional about the choice of a career and then build a plan to achieve that career within the 35 to 40-year plan or time that we have from finishing school through to retirement. Another point that Brother Amos made around building a plan of sorts and having smart goals, and he mentioned being um, relentless in execution. I would even say relentless flawless execution where there's constant monitoring and then making sure that where we slip off we come back on track we you know follow through the plan so from that period when you finish school to the um end of your career there's a part that we call mid-career um in a person's life that's about five years after you have finished school so after five years of university or higher education the first five years is you're learning on the job you're getting the foundation of your job or your career the next 30 odd years going up is dedicated to building your career. And most of us need to begin to introspect as we go along. Are we actually following our career? Are we following our dreams? You know, there is nothing wrong with coming back to repairing or revisiting, going off track because you sought a job versus building a career. Having a career has several dimensions to it. For example, the skills that are relevant in that job. There are some skills relevant in that career and there are skills that are relevant based on the evolution of our current world. If you look at the World Economic Forum that was published, um, the publication that they did in 2015, they projected some skills that were relevant. And they do this every five years. And the last time I spoke about this at a public forum, I actually challenged the type of assessment that are done before these are published. 2015, they came up with 10 top skills that were relevant to be relevant in 2015. Complex problem solving critical things, creativity, blah, blah, blah. And they repeated the same in 2020, which means this year, need similar skills, but we need to have more cognitive flexibility and emotional intelligence. The question now is, these are the two new skills that are coming in the landscape of career. While thinking about how we are developing our professional acumen in the various choices that we have, how flexible are we cognitively? And how emotionally intelligent are we at the moment? These are things we have to constantly measure. Thirdly, agility and pace. The world is moving at an extra high speed. We cannot remain relevant if we continue doing the things we did five years ago at the same pace. As an individual, Dr. Brown, let me let me let me let me, let me let me cut into your presentation and ask you a big question that um, that is very pertinent to this discussion. You've, you've highlighted the fact that you can be pursuing a job because that's what's available. Uh-huh. But ideally, you should be pursuing a career. And a job can uh-huh. be your career, but it's not necessarily, or it doesn't necessarily lead to your career. I think uh-huh. that for the benefit of our listeners, just so there can be clarity. I know these are themes that we will settle down to explore here. One of the resource persons that we look forward to having on the show. But just for today's plenary, I mean, um, preliminary discussion, could you just help us to appreciate what makes something a career and not just a job? So a career gives fulfillment. A job gives just a salary. So fulfillment is both a salary, something you love to do, that's your passion, your hobby, you thrive, you're innovative, you're creative, you think differently, you look forward to going to that particular work every day. If you have a job, it's like a mundane task. You're doing it for just the survival of it, and therefore 
the passion is very minimal. The creative juice to be innovative are literally absent. And the, the opportunity to grow and be able to have a path is also limited. For a career, you can actually see the evolution of a career. I think a salesperson. So somebody finishes um, the first degree and starts in a sales job. That a sales executive, that a sales officer, you know, starting at that level. They can evolve to become a sales director of a particular country, of a, a particular business, or even a particular region. So there's a growth path in sales that you can have because there are various dimensions to sales, whether it is um, field sales, it's cotton marketing. You know, there are various dimensions that a person can start their career to in a job. You don't have that. Besides, if a person... Yes, sir. Right, so this is exactly why you would definitely be back in the studio for us to break this topic down. But let me give you a summary of what I've learned from you tonight. You're saying that okay. the, 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 the first five years of, of one's career post-national service or whatever is typically a time of learning on the job. And then we start a 30-year period called mid-career, which is where you really build your career. And you're saying that in that period, you, you, you took time to look at the World Economic Forum report and isolated the latest additions to the soft skills required, particularly cognitive flexibility and then emotional intelligence, as well as agility and pace. And I'm saying that beyond all the things we learn technically, these are things we should pay attention to. And we'll take time to examine them on, on this show. But you rounded up by saying that if you are comparing a, a career versus a job, a job is for the salaries, mundane, survival-oriented, and there's no passion. But a career has fulfillment, innovation, drive. A growth path is clear, and you can build step-by-step step all the way to the top. Hazel, a big thank you to you for joining us on the show. Thank you, Rev. We look forward to having you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is Springboard of Virtual University. This is just a teaser. It's just a warm-up. Comfort. For the person listening, obviously, the, 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 the stakes are high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very high. Getting ready for a very, very serious run all year through. Let me give you some one last statistic on property, and then we will settle for our game-changer segment. So I, I, was listening to, um, I was listening to somebody who had been part of a research that was looking at people's readiness to rent houses. I have here a report by on, on my joy online um, by a specialist, an architect specialist in housing, Kojo Ousudakun. And I would like to quote, quote some of Kojo's findings, particularly the one that says, estimated households requiring rental accommodation in Ghana is one to two million. One to two million households requiring rental accommodation in Ghana. And he estimates the monthly rent as somewhere between 400 to 600 Ghana cities on the average, somewhere in, in there. Now, this is a very important statistic as we, we start this very important decade. So the discussions in property will focus on how you can get on the property ladder, where to find what, the options available to anyone depending on your income, depending on where you live, depending on what you are able to do. And you will find that just in these discussions, you can find your place and live out your dream. But put, what struck me in listening to the person who had been involved in the data gathering, he says, in the slums of Accra, the place where you say they have no money, mm-hmm. he found people who had cash on them, mm-hmm. 2,000 CDs, and they had cash and they said, if they could find a place to rent, where they wouldn't be required to pay up front six months, one year, and they could pay a month and mm-hmm. pay next month yeah. and literally just plug and play and work out yeah. if they didn't yeah. need it, yeah. they will be very happy to pay reasonable sums yeah. for rental. And then for some of them who literally travel from the market and go all the way to Burkina and come back, they say when they go to Burkina, there are options available for renting for just one month. Yeah. And you walk out and that's it. You don't need to rent again. There's no advance required. Just pay for a month. At the end of the month, yes, you are checked out. Yeah, and and, and, and some of those places are actually coming up presently in Ghana. Right. So that's the next level. Yeah. If you're able to crack that one, many more people leave the streets and go into rented accommodation. But we'll be looking also at how to own your own house and explaining some very interesting opportunities for land acquisition, housing, and secrets that people have known over the years and that some have, and some have used to acquire <laughs> multiple properties and some have also ignored to their own peril but let's go on to our game changer segment that segment that tells you one thing that could just change the whole game for you if you understand the right juju 
What do you have to do? You're talking about persistence and starting right. Let's go. So, how does a woman who grew up in a world without choice develop a world-renowned homes goods brand? Well, that's the story of May Shu. May grew up wearing the monotone uniforms of 1970s communist China. And after she and other youth were expelled from their homes in Beijing for protesting, she emigrated to Washington, D.C. Now, despite being deprived of a wide choice of clothing and other things as a child, she was fascinated by fashion. She would wander throughout the Bloomingdale's department store every day after work just to look at the items on display. And she soon noticed a disconnect between the fashion section and the home goods department. The fashion section was chic with vibrant colors, but the home goods section was boring. <laughs> she decided to make beautifully designed candles to catch the eye in the home department. So even though she quickly broke into stores like Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom, her real goal was to sell her candles in Target. This week, our game changer is consistency. Just like she visited Bloomingdale every day to learn about retail, May called the buyer Target every month for a year, every single month. And even after a year of calling, she didn't hear back, but she also didn't quit. She kept calling until a new buyer came in and agreed to meet her. She finally had a breakthrough. Now, just from that one meeting, Target placed an order for over a million dollars and put May's candles in 750 stores. Now, the story didn't end there. May's company, Chesapeake Bay Candle, would go on to become the largest candle brand in the U.S. and was sold for $75 million in 2017. Now, earlier tonight, we found out that fewer than 1 out of 10 people achieved their New Year's resolutions. Will you be the one or will you be the nine? Is your resolution to make more money? Albert Einstein called compound interest the strongest force in the universe. Is it to lose more weight? People who walk two kilometers a day just to have a 22% lower death rate. Now, Dwayne The Rock Johnson sums it up perfectly. Success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to greatness. As we kickstart the new year, and indeed, the new decade, let's focus on little daily wins. A bit of persistence can create the momentum for a breakthrough. This has been The Game Changer with Jojo Okren. Have a phenomenal week. The word is phenomenal. <coughs> and in my goals for the year, I'm going to continue playing tennis. That's one thing I can tell you for sure. Amos, that one is not beginning with the end in mind, though. Continuing what you have always done that is working for you. So I'm going to keep playing tennis. And I want to say a big good evening to Mr. Samuel Eduba, the president of the Body Temple Tennis Club. Charlie, the man is called No Weapon. I tell you, No Weapon fashion the games which are prosper. <laughs> good evening, No Weapon. Enjoy the show. You are a regular listener to... Springboard, your virtual investing, an accomplished banker at that. And to the entire Body Temple Tennis Club, good evening to you. So this is how the year would look like. What are you expecting from Springboard, your virtual university? What is it that you're looking forward to? This is the place to be every Sunday from 7 p.m. till 8 p.m. We're going to prepare ourselves for the future and share with, our, share with, with us or with our listeners Thoughts that would help us master four critical areas. Career, finance, property, and then health. We're going to bring experts, various perspectives from experts who have, have walked the path and understand these areas and will help us to climb all the way to the top. Comfort. Let me ask you, what's your big take from today's, today's learnings? Well, my big take from today's learning is um, the ensuring to define clearly whether you are in a job or you are actually on a, on a career path. Right. Whereby ensuring that you have the fulfillment, you, 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 you have passion for the job that you do, and you are innovative and you are flexible. And I, I also want to say that when, I mean, I must say that my job shouldn't, I shouldn't be looking at a job whereby I go through the motions simply because I got to get the, the bills paid. I must get a career. And that will especially go to all my, all our listeners out there. Right. Where you realize that you are on a, in a job and you, are, you don't have the career, let be, do the brave thing and then stop, look at the end in mind and start making the relevant, smart decisions that will enable you to get a fulfilling career.
career. We'll talk about career transitions and we'll, we'll demystify it for people. I mean, yeah. it's a very scary topic which will make very easy. We'll make it very easy for people to make that transition. In fact, by the time you are through with this, retirement will not be scary for you anymore because yeah. it will be just one opportunity to move into something else you've always wanted to do, which you can do and do and enjoy. Ginger, what's the one big thing from the, the, the show tonight? Uh, mine would be the 52 and 17 rule. I think maybe in my case it will be 50, 10 or 45 something. Yeah, um, I think it's more just being able to focus on one thing exclusively for that time. Um, just helps you to be a bit more productive. You kind of push through the learning curve more often. Actually, if you batch your tasks, what, what, what that means is that for the 15 that you are uh, engaged in very tough, direct work, the 10 could be that time where you do what you call managing by walking around. <laughs> <laughs> so go around checking on people, the things that you think that involve movement, so you diversify right. and don't get to hang up on one aspect of work throughout. So next week, we begin the journey next week and take one of the pillars. And then the next week, we take another pillar. And by the end of this month, you say, wow, we just began on a very strong day. Let me say a big thank you to our listeners for having the confidence in us. Next week, we'll be introducing new partners on this broadcast. Partners who have come to believe that preparing for the future is exciting and want to travel this journey with us. We'll be introducing them next week. And that begins the journey for the 2020, step by step, week after week, all the way through till the end. Come now next to the book with Jesus, and the topic is changing unwanted lifestyles in 2020. The host is Reverend Ransford Abosi, and he will be interviewing Dr. Reverend Dr. Freeman Osei Teti. It's going to be beautiful on this platform all year through. Thank you once again for joining us for today. My name is Albert Okrine on behalf of Comfort, Matthew, David, Emmanuel, Priscilla, and Jojo. God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night.